Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back again. Welcome to another exciting episode of Corvina Divine TV. My name is Yujiro Seki. I'm a director, writer, and the producer of the documentary Carving the Divine. Carving the Divine is about Buddhist sculptors of Japan, and I'm ready to present it for the first time in the world. But before I do so, I thought it would be a great idea to introduce basic concept of Buddhism and the history of Buddhism so that when you guys finally watch my documentary, you guys can watch it at the maximum value. So today is going to be our last episode, last episode of Carving the Divine TV. We traveled from India to Japan uh, in the span of 34 episodes, uh, 10 minutes average, average episode. That's incredible. Uh, yes, today we're going to conclude our uh, show by talking about the post-World War II Japan. Uh, we're going to be, of course, talking about the Buddhism. So I'm very excited to have you, uh, our scholar, uh, Frederick Hewitt. Welcome. Thank you, Yuji. It's great to be with you. Awesome, awesome. So Frederick, uh, what happened after World War II? So the, the imperial government of Japan has uh, failed uh, and the emperor lost its power. Now emperor is a, like a symbol of Japan. So what happened to Buddhism that we talk about uh, all the major uh, school of Buddhism? Uh, I know it lost its uh, glory and power uh, during the Meiji period, but do they ever made it's uh, come back or they're no longer uh, the Buddhism from Nara and Heian, uh, glorious period of uh, uh, Japan. So please tell us. Uh, thank you very much, Yujiro. This is a very complex set of questions that you've asked. And uh, you would have an entire college course to discuss the implications of uh, Buddhism in post-war Japan. Um, just in a general sense, I'll give a, a brief explanation that, that in the post-World War II era, Buddhism evolved significantly, had a huge impact on society. And just to kind of uh, retrace how we, you know, before I explain how it evolved, let's step back briefly and retrace the evolution of Buddhism as we've discussed in previous episodes. So, as you've mentioned, in Heian period, Kamakura, uh, Edo periods, the, um, the Japanese, they didn't distinguish too differently Buddhism and Shintoism, which was the indigenous pantheistic religion of Japan. Uh, so they would combine different rituals. They would, um, they would put statues of the Buddhist gods in a Shinto shrine and vice versa. So this was what they referred to the syncretism of the kami, the Japanese gods, and the Buddha. Um, in the Meiji period, so this was the rise of modern Japan starting at the end of the 19th century. Um, the, the entire ethos of the era was uh, nationalism and uh, promoting everything purely Japanese culture. So Shintoism became the official state religion, as you mentioned, and the emperor became the divine figurehead of society. 
and and Buddhism it experienced a very harsh repression during this time period. So people and Christianity and all, anything that was not Shinto, right? So uh, World War II, uh, as your viewers know, Japan suffered the defeat and uh, unconditional surrender to the Allied powers. They were occupied with uh, General MacArthur as the supreme commander of the Allied forces in Japan. And they, uh, they enacted so many changes uh, at the fundamental level of the state. The, they abolished the state religion Shintoism. As you said, the emperor became just a symbol of unity. And uh, they, they gave Japan a new constitution in which they forbade the, um, the, the power of Japan to maintain a standing army, but ensured many democratic rights to its citizens. And this was very significant for the evolution of religion that followed during the 1940s and 50s. Uh, Japan, the, the people they had suffered over a decade or longer of constant warfare and uh, deprivation of, of everyday necessities, coming out of the destruction of World War II, they were hungry for, uh, for spirituality and they turned to a, a number of rising religions. So uh, you have many organizations that rose during this period that we call the Shin Shukyo or the, the New Age religions. Uh, they were based, a lot of them were uh, based on the traditional uh, Japanese Buddhism sects. So you have Zen, Esoteric Buddhism, Pure Land, uh, Nichiren Buddhism. So they, they branched into modern versions through these New Age religions and um, not not only Buddhism, but you also have uh, a revival of Christianity. So you have uh, Jehovah's Witness, which was popular during that time period, and it's still big today. But um, basically, people the the identity of these movements was the, the very uh, I guess democratic. Like they they emphasized the the lay believers. Um, they they would uh, congregate like at household levels. They would knock door to door. So there was a heavy element of evangelism. And basically they, they, they used voting powers to enact changes that they wanted to see in society. For example, uh, saying no to nuclear weapons. Um, but just to list uh, some examples of these organizations, uh, for Nichiren, you, the biggest schools, and I'm sure your listeners would be familiar. Uh, you have Nichiren uh, Shoshu, you have the Soka Gakkai Value Creation Society, you have the Risho Kosekai, um, which I think are the largest modern schools of Nichiren. And then um, you, you have um, equivalents for the, the other sects of Buddhism, which uh, I don't know the the names offhand, but um, but they became firmly entrenched, and I believe something north of twenty percent of the Japanese population uh, is associated with these New Age religions. Um, Shintoism—it's not practiced as a daily faith, but it still manifests itself um, with certain rituals, like visiting 
the temple on the first day of New Year's and rinsing your hands at the shrines, you know, praying for good luck, you know, good scores on exams, getting into the school that you wish for. So uh, just as in uh, weddings too, right? Uh, so it has some presence in modern Japanese life, but not front and center. But Buddhism, I think, took front and center for many people. Hmm. Interesting. So uh, what about the, all the major sects of the Buddhism that we talk about in, uh, in our show? So what happened yeah. to them? Uh, they're they're still there. So you know you have the the Shingon, um, you have Shingon, you have Jodo Shinshu, Nichiren Zen, they, and other smaller sects. Uh, the old style schools are still there, still existent. Uh, the New Age religions they they borrow or they they grew from the traditional religions, but they put a everyday flair, right? You don't you don't have to go to a temple, right? I, you can wear clothes like me you can go and uh, worship or uh, practice in other people's houses so it's it, it became very decentralized for a lot of these organizations um, but uh, they are still based heavily on the uh, traditional japanese sects of buddhism and um, you get um, i don't know that many uh, there, there's a hybrid of other uh, religious influences. The one that I experienced when I was living in Japan was Happy Science. Uh, so founded by, I think, uh, Ryuho Ogawa in the 1980s. He uh, basically, it, it, it syncretizes uh, Eastern, Western religion. So you have elements of uh, Catholicism with, with Buddhism and uh, they, it places Japan as the bridge between the cultures. Um, so I, I know that there's numerous different manifestations of Buddhism, some based on the, the traditions of over 1,000 years ago, and then uh, new creations from the 20th and 21st centuries. So now we're going to be talking about the, uh, the United States. Uh, yeah, I know that you know we've been talking about Japan, but you know maybe uh, Buddhism spread to uh, uh, different parts of the world, uh, including the United States. We are focusing on Japanese Buddhism, of course, uh, in this show. So, is there any uh, Japanese Buddhism that went to uh, United States and that became a success successful? Uh yeah, Buddhism, it is taking a, a firm root here in the United States. It's becoming ever more popular. It still is the minority religion compared with Christianity, uh, Judaism, and Islam, but it is growing. I think uh, uh, the biggest numbers would be in California and Hawaii, but, but you have temples and um, different organizations in every state. So uh, Buddhism actually I, it was introduced more than, I think, 200 years ago um, from immigrants coming to the United States. So uh, it, at the beginning, it stayed confined within the Asian communities. So you, you would have the Chinese Buddhist schools, uh, Japanese, Cambodian, Thai, and it, it just stayed within those families. Um, um, and to, to stick with J 
Japanese Buddhism. Um, it stayed mainly with the first and second generation Japanese. During World War II, as your viewers uh, probably are very well aware, the Japanese, they were persecuted, um, regardless if they were American citizens. Um, all of the Japanese living in the West Coast during World War II were summoned by uh, Executive Order 9066 to relocate away from the West Coast into internment camps in the deserts of the uh, Southwest and Central United States. So it was a very difficult time period for these uh, citizens of Japanese ancestry and their Buddhist faith for many of them. You had Buddhists and Christians, but faith and community was a huge support for the, uh, the, in, the people in the internment camps. Um, there was a desire from many of the, uh, from the Japanese Americans to assimilate into mainstream culture. So the, uh, I know today the Buddhist Churches of America, it is a Jodo Shinshu sect, so Pure Land Buddhism. Um, they, they morphed their identity to, to be, to look less Japanese, look more American. It's, it's somewhere in the middle. So um, it came from World War II and the, the movement to try and become closer to mainstream. Um, if you have the opportunity to attend one of their sangha or, or be with their congregations, um, they, they chant the, the nembutsu, or as I think they call shomyo, the, they, they chant or pray to the Amitabha Buddha or Amidabutsu. But, uh, it can sound like hymns that you would have in a, in a uh, Protestant church. They have the books, they have the pews, the stained glass windows. So they, they call themselves the Buddhist churches of America, but uh, they, they tried to, to make it work in an American context. And I believe uh, that they are the only uh, Buddhist organization that can officially ordain um, priests for the uh, the United States military, so when you when you ask for the religious services, I believe the Buddhist Church of America they they have that connection. Uh, so uh, I know going into the 21st century, uh, the 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 church has over a hundred years history. It's not strictly Japanese anymore, right? You have the third and fourth generations. They've married outside of Japanese. Um, ethnic circles and it's becoming more and more uh, like uh, trans I, I guess pan-ethnic so international uh, and that's that's just the the pure land school there the uh, Nichiren has become very popular in the United States because of the movements of the Soka Gakkai the, and the Risho Koseikai uh, they, they both came to the United States in the 1960s. Uh, it was introduced by American military service members who married Japanese uh, women of these faith in Japan and brought them back to the States. And those two, they've, they've expanded far beyond um, the Japanese community. There's still a lot of Japanese, but now uh, the services, they're all in English and people of all different backgrounds are welcome. Um, so 
it's, I don't know the, the numbers currently in the United States, but I know, uh, yeah, Japanese Buddhism, so Nichiren, Pure Land are becoming more popular. Zen as well, uh, people that are interested in the martial arts. Uh, Zen always appealed to the warrior class, so a certain uh, strain of Americans have also been drawn to Zen practices as well. Um, but in, in a general sense, I, I can say that it's becoming more and more popular. It's still in the minority, but I think um, through education like videos such as yours, we are letting more and more people know the, the rich uh, traditions that, that these teachings and doctrines can provide to the community. So um, thank you, Yujiro. Thank you for giving me this chance. Wow. Frederick, I asked you another impossible task and uh, you uh, completed so successfully. I'm so excited. Uh, yes, this that's it for the regular episode uh, of Carving the Divine TV. Uh, I'm going to continue doing, uh, talking about the Butsuzo and the inviting practitioners and all this. But, you know, we traveled really from India to uh, Japan and even we made it to the United States today. How crazy is that? So, but you know what? I don't want you guys to think that we are ultimate uh, knowledge, resource, that we know everything and we can answer everything. Uh, I ask Michael and Frederick impossible task, which is to talk about uh, such a complicated, profound tradition in a, such a short period of time. But you know what? there are not many resources out there like what we do. Uh, sometimes Buddhism is uh, too profound, too difficult, and it's uh, very difficult to get into. So we made it uh, the job easy for you so, so that you can get some overall idea of Buddhism. And if you choose to study more, now you know how to study. If you watch uh, Carving the Divine TV from the start to the end, you have uh, no excuse. Uh, how not to study. So uh, there you have it. So I'm very excited. So thank you for the joining uh, with me, uh, Frederick, this whole time and put up with me, Frederick. Uh, it was my greatest pleasure. Thank you so much, Yujiro. And uh, thank you for the tremendous work that you are doing. I think it will really make a difference. Wonderful. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much for the kind words. So, yes, this is one last time. Uh, if you think this information is useful, make sure to subscribe my YouTube channel, follow me on Twitter and Instagram, and like me my, on my Facebook, because that's how we do it in the 21st century. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you so much, Frederick, for this wonderful show. Thank you, Yujiro. Good luck. Thank you.